You are listening to Pandora's Box Radio with Kalia LaRoche. For more information about my products and services, counseling, coaching, hypnotherapy, books, and audios, please visit NarcissismFree.com or PathBackToSelf.com. Hello and welcome to Pandora's Box. This is Kalia. And today, the topic of our podcast is Comparison is the Cause of All Unhappiness. We live in a world filled with comparison, and the result of our comparing ourselves to those we perceive as being somehow better than we are, we end up feeling we're somehow not enough. It was Dr. Ernest Holmes, the founder of Science of Mind, who first said, Comparison is the cause of all unhappiness. But as I researched this term, I could see that many other writers, spiritual seekers, and philosophers have discovered the same thing. In this day of social media where so many people post their idyllic lives on display for everyone to see, it's easy to make the assumption that those smiling faces we see on Facebook or Instagram are indicative of the life that person is living in general, but usually it's not. Normally, we see only snippets and snapshots that capture moments of happiness or even fake happiness. For example, when you find yourself in front of the camera, the photographer usually says, smile. We're in the habit of smiling for the camera, even if we don't feel like smiling. And in the age of social media, we're in the habit of portraying an image for our social media presentations. Studies have shown that some of the most common negative effects of social media include psychological harms such as jealousy, loneliness, anxiety, and reduced self-esteem. Most of this comes from comparison. We see people living these magical lives on social media, and our lives often seem dull, boring, or uneventful in comparison. We may not perceive ourselves to be as beautiful as those Instagram models or as capable of having love in our lives. We may feel unpopular if we don't receive enough likes or shares. We may often feel rejected or invisible in the world of social media. Social media is but a microcosm of the macrocosm, however. We may find ourselves comparing ourselves at work or in our social groups where we actually meet in the physical realm, if we have such groups. We may feel we fall short with family members or friends. We may envy the neighbors who we perceive to have more or be more than we are. We often compare how we feel on the inside to how other people appear on the outside, which is not an accurate or an honest comparison. Because we don't have access to the inner reality of others, only our own. We might imagine that others we see in the world have it all together, are happy and fulfilled in their lives and in their relationships when we might be feeling depressed and unmotivated in our lives. If we have personal issues such as codependency or addiction, 
we may imagine that everybody else doesn't have these kinds of issues. If we overeat or are overweight, we may see others who are thinner and imagine that they have a great life because they're obviously not battling the bulge. Financially, we might feel that we struggle more than others who seem to be doing well. In relationships, we might see people out in public who seem happy and in love and imagine they must have a really great relationship. With comparison, we're always imagining that others have it better than we do in some way, and we end up falling short and feeling small and less than. But it's important to know that this is our imagination at work. What we perceive to be true may not be true at all. It might just be a perception formed from the illusions others portray or that we ourselves portray. Comparison can also work in the negative. We may compare ourselves to others and feel superior rather than inferior. But superiority also causes unhappiness because we're judging others and in doing so, we're disconnecting ourselves from others. We're constantly scanning our environments and making comparisons where we either come up short or long. And this means as a result of our comparison, we're either feeling inferior or superior. Either way, we do not feel equal. And if we don't have a sense of equality in our relationships, we won't feel a strong sense of connection with others. Our comparison and judgments isolate us from others. We might feel inferior, and we're alone in that inferiority. We might feel superior, but we're alone in our superiority. Neither side of the pendulum helps us to feel connected, loved, accepted, and valued. And this is what most of us truly seek. Comparison is a habit. We may have felt compared to a sibling or the neighbor kid as a child. We may have witnessed our parents making comparisons in their own lives. We may have felt compared to the smart kid at school by our teachers. We begin to notice early on how some kids get better grades and others get worse grades. So we're on this grading system. We are shown where we fall in the scale and judge ourselves accordingly. The more popular or attractive kids get the most attention, and so we compare ourselves to them. We come to notice some kids are smarter, their families have more money, they're better dressed, and have more friends. We make ourselves feel better by noticing those who seem poor, homely, don't have any friends, and seem disheveled in some way. These comparisons follow us throughout our lives, and until we're really able to recognize how we are caught up in a world of comparison, we will always seek to have more and to be more. What is missing here is self-acceptance. And until we can truly accept ourselves as we are, we can't truly accept others as they are. True happiness can only be found when we can settle into ourselves and begin to really count our blessings. The best comparisons we can ever make is to compare our former selves with our current selves and see 
how we are improving. If we're not improving, we need to make changes so that we're moving in a direction that we're pleased with, because it is ourselves we truly need to please. Not by comparing ourselves to others or seeking approval from others, but by working to be our personal best. Our personal best has nothing to do with other people, because the truth is there will always be people with more and there will always be people with less. How good or bad someone else has it has nothing to do with us and has no impact on our happiness unless we assign it importance. Someone may excel in one area of their lives and struggle in another. We may see the area they excel at and not notice where they're struggling. Someone, for example, may be a gifted musician and you really admire their talent and their determination, but they struggle to make a living. Someone may be physically beautiful, but they struggle in their relationships and they don't feel loved. Someone may have a great relationship, but struggle with their weight. Someone may have a lot of money, but struggle with alcoholism. Someone may be really smart, but struggle with social isolation. The truth is, Everybody has struggles. It might be in different areas of their lives. And if you find yourself comparing someone else's strong points against your weak points, it's not only an unfair comparison, but it shows that you may not fully know that person on any kind of deep level. We often are so focused on our own weaknesses that our weaknesses are in the spotlight of our lives. And we project that out onto everybody else that we see. For example, if you're someone who struggles with your weight, then you may compare everybody who doesn't seem to be struggling with their weight and see them as having a better life than you because they're not struggling or suffering in the same way that you are. That person may see your achievements in another area of your life and envy you. I was in a program many years back where a large group of us wrote our biggest challenge on a piece of paper and we put it into a hat. We didn't have our names on the paper, only our challenges. We then passed the hat around and each one of us picked a challenge out of the hat. We then had the choice to keep the challenge that we were holding or trade it back in for our own challenge. Of course, this was done symbolically. We didn't let each other know what was going on. It was a personal experience. And almost everybody chose their own challenge. This is because each one of us felt a kinship to our own challenge and felt more equipped to deal with it. We would pull challenges out of the hat like obesity, cancer, a disability, loss of a child, divorce, bankruptcy, and so on, and hold it up to our own challenge. What this exercise showed us was that everybody had something in their life that they were struggling with. We weren't alone. Struggle is a part of life. But now we had a new sense of awareness and were better equipped to deal with our own challenges. We no longer felt that the universe picked us out and decided to punish us exclusively. Our challenges were what made us stronger. They were what made us unique. 
In the 12-step recovery program, one of the most powerful elements is the recognition that everybody who was in the program had similar challenges. We weren't alone in our struggles. We could gain support from each other. We got to see others overcome their struggles and create a more fulfilling, empowering life. And this gave us a sense of connection with each other. In my therapy chair, I have the opportunity to witness the struggles of others and see that everybody who comes to me is struggling. Many have similar struggles, but if I were to put all of my clients in a room together, I'm sure that they would still find comparisons. I've had clients put me on a pedestal as well and see me as the wise woman who has it all together. And then they're surprised to hear that my relationship falls apart or that I have an illness like Lyme disease. I'm supposed to be the example of what lies on the other side of the tunnel. But the truth is, on the other side of the tunnel, it's still us. Hopefully a version of ourselves who's now stronger and more capable in some way. Hopefully a version of ourselves who has overcome the previous challenge and learned some important lessons. But it does not mean that we've reached a place where we no longer have struggles. We're all vulnerable to relapses and backsliding in our lives. We may be doing really well with our weight and then hit a challenge in our lives and turn to food for comfort to help us through the challenge. We may have years of sobriety from alcohol or drugs and then hit a challenge that causes us to fall off the wagon and go back to our drug of choice. In the 12-step program, we recognize that relapse is a very real possibility for people in recovery because we're human and we're imperfect. We fall down. We lose. Our relationships fall apart. We get sick. Stuff happens. There are very few people in the world who have it all together. There are usually a few missing pieces, and there's often a challenge or two in the pipeline. There's conflict. Things don't always go our way, and this is a part of life. Perhaps what we really need to do is take off those rose-colored glasses and see that life is messy and unpredictable. People are not often as they appear to be. That beautiful couple who live in that magnificent house down the street who seem to have the fairy tale life may not be at all what you see on the outside. Maybe the husband is a closet drinker and his wife is having an affair, but when you see them together, they seem to be the perfect happy couple with the perfect life. I remember one such couple. I was married at the time, and my husband and I were a good-looking couple who probably seemed really happy. We met the neighbors, who also seemed to be happy. And they had a really nice home above ours. We began to spend time with them and did a lot together as a couple. Behind the scenes, my husband was bipolar and secretly using cocaine. He also was addicted to calling the phone sex lines and racking up a large phone bill and I was codependently making excuses for him and trying to fix him. Eventually, we separated and started divorce proceedings when I was pregnant with my first and only child. The neighbor offered me a job working for the company he and his wife owned, 
And I wasn't working for him but a couple of weeks when I saw a whole different side to him that I didn't know was there. I was shocked. He turned out to be an alcoholic and probably a narcissist, but I never noticed any of this when we were just neighbors hanging out together. I turned to his wife after he raged at me one day, and she codependently made excuses for him and blamed me for the issues. I quickly left the company and had nothing to do with either one of them again. Things are not always as they seem. We fool ourselves by buying the illusions others are selling. We're comparing our reality to someone else's illusion. And of course, we fall short most of the time because we aren't dealing with reality. Many of my clients who come to me as a result of narcissistic abuse tell me that everybody believed they were the perfect couple. People envied their relationship. Out in public, the narcissistic partner might have been happy, doting, and affectionate. And this is what people saw. Their social media profiles were filled with outings, vacations, and happy occasions. But behind closed doors, it was another story altogether. My clients would hide that reality from even themselves and continue to focus on the fairy tale that they had fooled the world with and that they had fooled themselves with. Eventually, however, reality slaps us in the face. It gets our attention in such a way that we can't pretend anymore. We have to face the truth and come to terms with that lie that we've been living. Getting real with ourselves is the true path to happiness. Being honest with who we are and where our real challenges are will set us free because only then are we able to truly face these challenges and do something to change our circumstances. We need to unplug from the world of fantasy, the world of illusion, and embrace the real world. In the real world, we're a person who has challenges and struggles with certain areas in our life. In the real world, there's no such thing as perfection. In the real world, we give up on trying to be perfect and instead strive to be real and honest. In the real world, we stop seeking after fairy tale relationships and accept someone who is truly kind, loving, and caring to be our partners in life. In the real world, we stop seeking after the jobs where we make the most money and seek after work that is fulfilling and rewarding. In the real world, we stop trying to keep up with the Joneses and impress the neighbors and instead count our blessings and be grateful for what we do have. Gratitude is the key here. We need to learn to take an honest inventory and count our blessings. What do we have now to be grateful for? What are the things, the qualities, and the gifts we've been blessed with? What is going well in our lives? What is heading in the right direction? What do we need to fix, change, or heal in ourselves? Can we learn to accept how we look? Can we learn to accept our age? Can we accept our bodies? Can we accept our homes? 
What is getting in the way of our self-acceptance? Is it lack of confidence? How can we increase our confidence? Often we increase our self-confidence when we stop comparing ourselves to others and start counting our blessings. We increase our confidence when we start accepting ourselves as we are instead of trying to be something that we're not. We increase our confidence by hanging around people who treat us well rather than people who criticize, blame, and shame us. Often we increase our confidence when we stop criticizing, blaming, and shaming ourselves. Increasing self-confidence is an action step. We change our behavior. We stop doing things that hurt us and start doing things that are self-loving. We recognize that we can change our circumstances by making more empowered choices in our lives. We learn to stop looking for what is wrong and start looking for what is right. We stop focusing on the negative and start looking for the positive. This might look like being grateful for the five pounds that you've lost instead of focusing on the 50 pounds you have left to lose. It might be to be grateful for the three clients you got this week in your new business instead of the number that you wish you had. It might mean looking at the ways your life is improving instead of focusing on what yet needs to be improved. Letting go of comparing yourself to others is the most profound self-help step you can make towards your own happiness. What does that person have that you don't have? Who cares? It doesn't matter. What matters is how happy you are. And if that happiness is genuine and authentic rather than just the illusion of happiness. Happiness comes when you can truly feel good about yourself and see yourself as worthy, valuable, and lovable. Everything else is just fluff. The trappings of society don't make us happy. We're no happier because we have wealth, beauty, excellent health, or a good mate. We're happier when we're comfortable in our own skin and grateful for what we do have. I recently heard the story of a popular teenager who seemed to have it all, but then he committed suicide and nobody knows exactly why. Why would someone who seemed to have it all? He was smart, had great opportunities for college scholarships, was a great athlete, had a lot of friends. People looked up to him and admired him. He seemed to have a good family. So what happened? Why would somebody like this commit suicide? Well, we can never know. Maybe he felt he couldn't live up to the expectations that people had of him. Or maybe he went through sexual abuse and couldn't tell anyone. Or maybe he felt his life wasn't his. Or maybe he felt disconnected from everybody in his life. Maybe he was secretly empty and lonely. We can't know. Another woman who had the beauty of a supermodel was a mother of several beautiful children, married to a great man who loved her and had plenty of money walked out into the woods behind her house one day and committed suicide. I tell this story to all the women who feel that if they had more beauty, they would be happy. We don't know why this woman committed suicide either. 
perhaps life just didn't live up to all the hype. Maybe when someone seems to have it all, they feel that they're living somebody else's life. Maybe they feel empty inside because they have everything they should want to be happy, but just don't love themselves enough to be grateful for it. Maybe they don't see themselves as worthy of the good that they have. Maybe they can't fully enjoy it. Or maybe they have deep secrets that nobody knows about. Maybe they're dishonest with themselves. And maybe in some way, they're living a lie and can't see their way out. It all comes down to our relationship with ourselves. Who is it that lives on the inside? If all the trappings of your life fell away, who would you be? What is your relationship with your true self, the spirit of your being, God, or a higher power? What do you see when you look in the mirror? What do you feel when you close your eyes at night? There is nobody outside of ourselves that can make us truly feel loved. That love must come from within ourselves. Nobody has the key to our happiness. Only the one within holds the key. There's nothing outside of ourselves that will ever make us feel whole. Feeling whole is an inside job. You can have all the trappings of a great life and still be miserable because happiness can't be found in these things. Happiness can only be found in the contentment, the peace, and the acceptance that you find within yourselves. We're not human beings having a human experience. We're spiritual beings having a human experience. So we need to get in touch with our spiritual essence and truly know thyself on a deep spiritual level. And this is where we find the peace. We find the peace in the knowledge that we're greater than the trappings of our material world, that we're these majestic spiritual beings who've forgotten who we are. And now is the time to remember. Remember that you are good. Remember that you are love. Remember that you are important. Remember that you matter. Remember that you are much more than you've ever believed yourself to be. Your life has purpose, and it's time to wake up to your true self and say thank you. Thank you for my life. And then set your intention for the one thing that you want more than anything else in this world. For me, it's a life filled with love and a heart big enough to contain it all. I want to thank you for listening. And if I can be of help on your journey to know yourself, you can find out more about me and my work at NarcissismFree.com or PathBackToSelf.com. Have a great day, and I'll see you in the next podcast.